Thank God for Mondays. Happy Monday. Um, I just realized you may not be listening to this on a Monday. So <laughs> if it's not Monday when you're listening to this, please disregard. Happy whatever day it is for you. But for me, it is Monday morning. And I absolutely love Mondays. Mondays are for education in this industry. I'm actually getting ready to go teach a class in about 45 minutes. And I wanted to jump on and uh, talk hair. So welcome to the Combed Education Podcast. Let's talk hair. My name is Aras Nelson. I'm your host. I am a hairdresser just like you. I've been involved in education for many, many years. And I absolutely am in love with this industry. And so I created the Combed Education podcast and the Combed Education platform really to help inspire and empower our industry, help us level up a little bit through education and information, because with information comes confidence and with confidence comes leveling up. So today I want to talk about universal rules of hair and hair color. I think just talking out loud here, I think this might be a part one to a series because there are a lot of rules to hair and hair color and there's also a lot of us who believe that rules are meant for breaking not to throw myself under the bus or anything but i will say this okay if you are a rule bender or a rule breaker type of colorist i am so okay with it because i'm the same way and honestly here's a mantra that i live by when it comes to breaking certain rules I say you got to know the rules before you can break the rules. It's kind of like jazz music, right? Like jazz technically breaks all of the traditional rules of music. But to be a great jazz player, you have to know the rules so that you can break them masterfully and artfully. So I want to go over a few of the universal rules when it comes to hair color and my opinion of said rules okay so like i said i think i might make a part two of this and i want to reiterate this is my opinion okay mine and mine alone i just want to share my opinion so number one rule of hair and hair color is this how many times have you guys heard this before color doesn't lift color but my question to you is have you tried it because here's the thing color won't lift color but it sure as hell can shift it um the results are often unpredictable which is why this is like a token quote word of advice in the industry but when you understand the roles of alkalinity the roles of developer it makes sense that color in higher levels along with developers can in fact shift color out so If ends, if somebody's ends are looking a little muddy or looking a little browned out, you can use color to shift it. If your blondes are looking a little dingy from too much purple shampoo or toner, you don't have to bleach it. You can shift it out with color. If you have a stubborn direct dye that's not coming out and you've bleached the shit out of it, like try high lift color to shift it. So can color lift color? I guess that's up for debate, but my advice is this. Just just try it. Don't assume that you're going to get a predictable result. But and, and what I mean by this is is here's the thing. If you have let's say for example, somebody's who who's a copper, bright copper and the ends are just browned out because you pulled the formula down five too many times, okay? You can use a level 8 copper 
on those browned out level six, seven ends. Is it going to look like a level eight copper? Is it going to look like the swatch? Probably not, but is it going to brighten and lighten and shift out some of that muddiness? Highly likely. So my advice, like I said, is don't assume that you're gonna get a predictable result, but if you're looking to shift some pigment out, move some things around, you may find some success. Maybe you've done this before. Maybe you've used a clear or a clear high lift with like 20 or 30 volume to shift out some direct dyes. That's color lifting color, guys. It's just we say that color doesn't lift color, especially to hairdressers who are newer in the industry because you can't have a client with level four permanent color and expect to get a blonde result using a level nine. Like that doesn't happen. But can that level nine shift out some of that four? The answer is yes. Okay, let's move on. Number two, damaged hair will always hold on to ash. Now, don't come at me dissecting my words, holding, and but hair doesn't have hands. Okay, fine. But here's the, the gist of it, okay? Damaged hair is typically very porous. And porous hair does not have the tendency to uptake and keep hold on to warmth. The structure of the hair just doesn't support the artificial warmth from the tube or a bottle. So be mindful, guys, when you're working on damaged hair, no matter what, just know that it's going to reject the yellow and red in your formula, and it's going to hold on to the blue and the violet and the ash. So when you're formulating for porous hair, especially with an ash-based color, you got to add warmth in your formula. If you want the color to be shiny, reflective, and not just muddy and murky and ashy. So if you don't add warmth, you're likely going to end up with drab and matte results. So maybe you've heard it on social media. Oh, I always add gold to all my blondes. Well, you got to know why, right? If you lifted hair and it's healthy, you don't need to necessarily add a lot of gold, right? You want to add some gold or some yellow for reflect, okay? It's it's going to make the hair look shinier and more reflective. But if the hair is damaged or poor, like highly porous, you're going to have to add more warmth and not necessarily gold. Sometimes you may have to add some copper. Sometimes you may have to add some red in a lighter shade so that you get pretty reflective results and not blue-violet gray hair. If that's what you want, cool. But adding warmth into your blonde formulas, especially in the highly porous uh, hair, yeah, that's going to be a huge win for you. Okay, universal rule number three, and I hate that like we have not come to accept this, but um, and clients alike, right? Here's the thing. All hair lifts warm. Okay, say it with me. All hair lifts warm. It is actually impossible for hair to lift cool, okay? Different hair textures, different hair fibers can lift more refined, like coarse hair or dominant in eumelanin or pheomelanin hair will definitely lift warmer and brighter than fine hair that's more dominant in um, eumelanin. So at the end of the day, though, all hair will lift warm and the degree of warmth varies 
based on the level, the texture, the melanin, um, knowing all of that and the client's particular hair will help you in knowing the degree of warmth that is to be expected, okay? So in the fundamentals, in the very first module, which is all about the canvas, we talk about texture, we talk about porosity, we talk about melanin, we talk about um, different types of hair and hair color categories and how you can predict the intensity of the warmth based on the texture in their eyes and their melanin. Like all of this is such incredibly important information so that you are armed. Like if you know what the hair is going to do and you know what's going to happen before you mix any chemicals, you are winning. Okay, so we definitely cover all of that in the fundamentals. But back to this, this rule that all hair lifts warm. So if you have a darker haired client, level four or five, medium brown, and they want to be a level seven or eight, you are going to get warmth. It, there's no amount of ash in a tube that can get you to a level seven ash on virgin hair. Okay, just it, it, like it can't happen. You can get a neutral result, but to get a cooler result on any hair, you typically have to lift past and then tone down. So if you have a four client, level four or five, wants to be a level seven ash, you can't put a level seven ash on her hair and expect it to be ash. That's not how this works. So just in that scenario, lift past the seven, get her to an eight, eight and a half, and then tone down the warmth to a seven. But at the end of the day, guys, all hair lifts warm. Okay, rule number four. When darkening hair more than two levels, filling is a must. This is non-negotiable. If you're dropping down two levels, fill the hair at least once. If you're dropping down three to four levels, you may need to fill twice, but you have to replace what the hair lost during the lightening process. You took it out, you got to put it back in. Here's something I want you to think about, though. If the client is naturally light and you're darkening them, like if they're naturally a level seven and you're taking them to a five, you don't have to fill because you didn't take anything out that you have to put back in. But if you took pigment out, if you dispersed melanin and lightened, you have to put it back, okay? You have to. There's a lot of companies that will say that you don't have to fill with their lines. I personally wouldn't risk it. Think about this, what can happen if you don't fill? Your results are gonna be hollow, they're gonna be drab, the color's gonna fade super quickly. So think of your filler as an anchor for your final color result to attach to. By filling the hair, you're ensuring that your color is gonna be vibrant and rich and ensuring that it's gonna last. So many people skip this step. And I get it, but don't do that. Like, fill the hair, fill the hair. Put back in what you took out, okay? Okay, rule number five. Lighten more than two levels and you will lose control of warmth. This is what I was talking about two lessons ago, remember? Or two rules ago. So hear me loud and clear. Again, <laughs> there's no way to get an ash tone when you're lightening hair more than two levels. Warm neutral at best 
is what you can expect. So if you're lightning four or more levels, it's always like three or more levels even, it's gonna be warm. I don't care how much ash, drab, green, blue, blue, green, violet, or whatever the fuck you put in your formula, it can only be warm. This is a fundamental law of hair, guys. So to create a true ash, especially on the darker hairs, you have to double process. Pre-lighten past your orange, tone down to your ash, it's nobody has made something that can actually get a truly ash form. No company has it. I don't think it's possible. Okay. Number six, ashy colors will play tricks on your eyes. So here's the thing I've learned about ash is in levels five and below, they will appear darker, appear darker. And they will also appear lighter in level six or seven and above. Why? Okay, so typically ash colors in the darker levels are formulated with more blue to counteract the undertones in the levels one through five. Ash colors in level six and above are formulated with more green to counteract the undertones in levels six and above. Green has yellow along with blue, that's how we make green, but yellow tends to be more reflective so it appears lighter. So just be mindful when you're formulating, know what you're formulating, know what you're putting it on so that you get the best results, period, okay? Uh, last one for part one. High lift blondes will always be warm. High lift blondes will always be warm. Remember when we were talking about rule number five, lightening hair more than two levels, you're gonna lose control of the warmth. High lifts expose a ton of undertone and they usually don't have enough of a dilute in them to refine the warmth. So high lift blondes are created to lift, 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 and then just like beep, deposit. That's their job. So it's going to be warm. Okay. The only exception, the only exception that I can think of is if you apply a high lift blonde on a natural level eight plus fine hair client, blue eyed maybe you could achieve a more neutral result, but never ashy, not really cool. It's just, it's just not gonna happen, okay? So I'm sharing all this so that you have realistic expectations when it comes to hair coloring, because a lot of us don't, and a lot of us think we have magic in the tube, and a lot of companies create phenomenal products, guys, but you gotta know the rules, you gotta know what to do. You gotta know the hair, you gotta know the chemicals, you have to know what you're doing, um, which the fundamentals can help with if you're interested in that, right? Like if you wanna be better at formulating and better at predicting what the hair is gonna do, fundamentals, great tool, right? You can just go to combeducation.com slash fundamentals. There's a coupon code just for you podcast listeners and it's Comies 50 like homies, but comies, C-O-M-B-I-E-S 50, that gives you 50% off, okay? Like I said, I think I'm gonna be making a part two of this in the future, I'm pretty sure, but the purpose of this one, this episode, was to cover some of the major rules and laws when it comes to hair and hair color, because remember, we can only do what the hair will allow, and the chemicals will only do what the chemicals will do, so we have to be the manipulator. We have to finesse, we have to predict, we have to be responsible for the results, guys. It's not your client's fault, it's not their medication most of the time, it's not because they ate freaking watermelon and now their hair's pink, like it's, it's not that. 
it's us. So here's to pushing the boundaries and breaking all the rules after we have mastered them, of course. All right, guys, until next time, happy hair coloring.